You are now tuning into the Jesus 3 podcast, a platform where we come together to tackle real life issues with the truth. Jesus overcame the world and so will you. Here's your host, Chandice. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Jesus 3 Podcast, and I am none other than your host, Shandis. And without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Today's topic for the first episode, yay, is called the Mind Your Business Ministry. Now, I know some of you are wondering, what is the Mind Your Business Ministry? Well, I'll get into that right now for you. The Mind Your Business Ministry is something that I heard when I was listening to Woman Evolved. And if any of you have listened to that, you're familiar with it. That is the podcast by Sarah Jakes Roberts, Pastor Sarah Jake Roberts. And while she talks about current events and things of that nature, she began, um, she was talking about, you know, different people, whatever is going on in the world. And it wasn't so much the context in which she was talking about it, but it jarred something in my memory. It brought me back to some conversations that I've been having as of late with young adults, millennials, teenagers, whatever you want to call us, and how they don't feel like they're received when they walk into the house of the Lord. So I want to open the floor and I want to share my views on the Mind Your Business Ministry, and I want you guys to let me know if you agree with it, disagree, your views. Let's let's just, let's spark the conversation. Let's start there. You guys with me? All right. Let me dive right into it with a couple of scriptures I want to share with you. Okay. So the first scripture I'm going to get into tonight Romans 5, 8, and I'm going to read it from the New International Version. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us. And this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now let's hop on over to Romans 12, 9, where it says, don't just be prepared to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. That's the New Living Translation. And then we have Jude one twenty three, where it says, Go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners, but not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. And that's the message version. People who are new believers, and then there's the other group of people who aren't firmly rooted in their relationship with God, are oftentimes described as newborn infants who have tasted pure spiritual milk and may grow into salvation because they tasted the Lord is good. That's 1 Peter 2, two to, verses 2 to 3. And that's okay because a relationship with God is something that is developed and cultivated over time. But Hosea 4, 6 says... 
My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's the New International Version. During Jesus' ministry, when he spoke to the crowds, he would speak in parables. Now, a parable is something that's described as a simple story used to illustrate a moral, (coughs) excuse me, or a spiritual lesson. And in Mark 4, 10 to 12, when Jesus was asked why he taught in parables, he explained that they had not, that those that had not developed or been given insight into things of God would struggle. And when they can't understand and are nudged towards a receptive insight, they make an about face and will avoid coming to God for salvation. So what does this mean to those who have insight into the kingdom of God? And how do we keep all things relative to today's topic, the Mind Your Business Ministry? As believers, we are constantly striving to be more Christ-like. I know you guys hear that a lot. sounds very cliche. But I want to dig a little deeper into that. Because... Galatians 5:22 to 24 the message version says but what happens when we live God's way he brings gifts into our lives much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard things like affection for others and exuberant about exuberance about life serenity We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely, 23 to 24 says. Legalism is is helpless in bringing bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who believe, uh, excuse me, among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with their own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good. It is crucified. Let me tell you why you are here. And this is God telling us in Mark, no, Matthew 5 13 through 16. This is the message translation. Here's another way to put it. Nope. Sorry. No, he says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Now, let's stop in the middle of this scripture for a second. Let's break down what salt is. Salt is defined as a substance that is used for taste, seasoning, or preserving food. To preserve means to maintain, to keep alive, to retain. So it's to maintain, keep it alive, or retain it. So if salt is a preserving agent... And God is saying your job is to preserve holiness. 
But if salt loses its taste, how can it be restored? Now, I got two meanings from that. Although we're called to be preserving agents, we still need to have some taste to us. A taste to us that makes people thirsty for the God that is in us. Thirsty because God is the living water. Let me wrap up that scripture. 14 through 16, the message version says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a hilltop on a light stand, Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll promote people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And we're calling people to be thirsty for living water. John 4 to 14 and Revelation 22, 17 says, and let the one who is thirsty, no, it says, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life without a price. Let me read it in the, in the New Living Translation. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come, let anyone who hears this say, come, let anyone who is thirsty Come, let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. People are looking for happiness, which is temporary, but joy is of God. And if Isaiah 12, 3 says, with joy, you will draw from the wells of salvation. My point is. Saints, that we don't ever want to find ourselves being a hindrance to God. We are not saved to thumb our noses at people because if we can be completely honest, none of us have done it all right since we've been saved. See that last part? Since we've been saved. Colossians 3, verse 23 to 24 says, Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. That's the New International Version. So he's saying, whatever you do, do it from your heart because you are ultimately doing your work onto God. And it's hard for me to hear stories about younger people struggling in the house of God because there are people that are supposed to be the salt and the light that are nasty to them. They feel judged, they feel misunderstood, and a lack of love. When we don't love 
and show the love of the Lord, we dishonor God. So we're being dishonorable to God in our behavior, in our treatment of these saints. Because it says if in your heart you love God, then you're one of his children. Amongst other things, like we know what the law says, where you have to be baptized and things of that nature. But when we don't show these people love, we're dishonoring God. And that's not our job. Now, I saw something yesterday that I found to be a little harsh. And it said something to the effect of stop using people as an excuse not to come to church because there are rude people in the club and y'all are there every week. Well, there is some truth to that statement. But here's what troubled me the most. God said, we're not like the world. That was John 17 16 and I'm going to read it in the New International Version. It says they are not the world even as I am not of it. So when you're not of the world you can't conduct yourselves like that. You can't hold yourselves to the same regard that the world does. In other words we have to preserve a standard. My bishop says that the church is a hospital for the sick and people come there to be healed. And doesn't Galatians 6 2 say, I'm going to read it from the message version. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. This is Galatians 6, 1 to 3, the message version. So it says in Romans... 15 and 1, we who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. And I'm not saying be complacent and I'm not asking you to justify sin. However, if Matthew 4:19 says, and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Why are we in the body of Christ trying to clean the fish before we've even caught them in the net? 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. He chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. That's the English Standard Version. So what I'm saying is we have to stop shaming people because of their ignorance and try teaching them God's truth. Employ the fruits of the spirit. Those that are beginning with their walk with beginning in their walk with God. I'm not saying to be God to them, but I'm asking you to show God's love to his people. See, Jesus walked with a man he knew from the start would set the wheels in motion for his death and he still loved on him we can't say 
First John 4, 4, where greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When we shame those who came into the spiritual hospital by slapping a band-aid on their wound. So they're coming in there because they're seeking the soul and the light that, drew, that brought them in there. And they're seeking something from God in his house that they've been medicating in the world by other means. Whether it's drinking, drugs, whatever their medication of choice was. They came into the spiritual hospital to seek God and really get restoration and because we're so judgmental and self-righteous, we're causing them to put on a facade and they can't be naked and ashamed and unashamed in front of us. And we're slapping a bandaid on their wounds and calling it a day. And these people are never really getting what they really need. So what I'm saying to you is, if you're up to the task of being a help to your brother or your sister, I'm going to strong it. No, if you're not up to the task of being a help to your brother or your sister, I'm going to strongly encourage you to go sign up for the join your, your mind, your business ministry. And there's nothing wrong with being a part of the mind, your, your business ministry, because that's you making an assessment of yourself and saying, I'm just not up to the task of getting involved with somebody else. Or I just don't want to, be a part of that. And that's cool because if you're not going to be a help, it's better that you not be a hindrance. Because people are really already have to deal with the accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12.10. And that scripture reads, And a loud voice in heaven, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before God. That's the English Standard Version. So it says Satan is accusing people day and night before God. He's the accuser of the brethren. So we don't need you going out and getting t-shirts and party streamers to add to the burden and the weight that these people are already carrying. And they came into the spiritual hospital to shed in the first place. How do you know that if the Bible says God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. How do you know that the drunkard that you just stepped over when you crossed the street to get into the temple of God, that God can't use him, bring him into that very same temple that you're worshiping in, and then send him back out onto that same corner where he used to be a drunkard, clean him up. I'm talking about wash him clean the same way he's done the rest of us and use him to minister to those that are still stuck where he once was. How do we know that? We can't come into God's house any old kind of way because there is decency and order. But John 8, 7 says, Let him who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. We all sin differently. 
and says if you even thought it, it was a sin. So the fact that you didn't actually do it and you witnessed somebody else do it, but you thought of it, you're just as bad as them. You're not that far removed. Your righteousness is like a dirty rag. We all fall short of the glory of God. But he so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to die for all of us. Not a select few of us. So if we can't exercise love and we bring about fear and condemnation and judgment and self-righteousness and haughtiness and a gossiping spirit then it is best that we remove ourselves from the situation and go ask God to renew in us a clean heart. Because while you're fixing your lips to go condemn somebody else, you might as well dig a grave for yourself too. Because angels were turned into demons because of pride. And pride is a sin that God frowns upon, just like any other one. God hates unhaughty spirit. So as believers in Christ, we need to get together. We need to sound the troops, get the bandwagon together, and start to love on one another. And show grace and truth for one another. And be sympathetic and have empathy. Not being sympathetic of the sin, but... Giving people the same grace that God afforded us when we came to him. Because we came to him filthy. We're in him filthy. And it's not until he comes back and we have to give an account of everything that we did. And we don't want blood on our hands for judging somebody because they walked a different path than us. So I'm going to close on that. And I thank you guys. Catch you the next episode. This is the Jesus 3 Podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to follow us on social media.